0: I just assumed I was going to start this episode off by talking about National Signing Day and and how BC had done and some of the things Jeff Halfley had talked about. But then a little old team called the Boston College men's basketball team goes out and shocks the world with a win over number 21. Virginia Tech. We're going to get into all of that and more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening for wherever you are listening to Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. The matchups you want and the price you love. Make sure you check out Sling. Sling, it's got everything you need. All right. So as I said, going into this day, it was a huge day on Eagle Insider, talking about National Signing Day. And I, I sat down, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I sat down to watch this game, BC and Virginia tech. And I said to myself, there's no way BC is winning because there is, you know, they've just played so poorly. They lost to Maine. They lost to UNH. They, you know, they were not, they're not doing well. And I, my son who's, who loves talking BC, he's four years old. He goes, "Dada, who's going to win this game? He keeps asking me. Cause he thinks that the games are recorded. Cause we have a DVR. I said, oh, you know, BC's playing a good team. It's going to be hard for them. I watched this game, and I, 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 I thought to myself, is this the same team that we watched lose to UNH, Charlton State, and Maine? Because they looked so much crisper and so much more refined than I've seen BC since last year's ACC title game. I am mean, not title game, ACC tournament. The defense was good. They were beating the crap out of Virginia Tech and and Mike Young, Virginia Tech's head coach was not happy about that. But the refs, they allowed BC to play physical and BC took advantage of that. Because Virginia Tech, they wanted to play finesse. BC said no way. They went hard after them. They went physical. They were, you know, they were jumping in the lanes, they were jumping bodies at guys. They 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 got they got things done. So I was impressed with that. But the game itself, let's kind of just recap how this game went if you didn't get to watch it. It started off like every BC game. I, I sat down and watched it. I'm like, yep, nope, here they go again. The offense looked like looked bad. It looked really bad to start this off. They 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 couldn't get anything going. They were settling for bad shots. Their three pointers weren't going. So they're 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 falling behind. The first half is starting to drag along. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the first half, BC's down by eight. And we're getting close to 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 halftime. I'm like, okay, this game's gonna fall apart. You know, they were projected to be a nine and a half point underdog. Uh, that they, they're already at eight. This is gonna be a, an easy Virginia Tech win. And then this little thing happened in this game, and it seemed insignificant to, at that time because, hey, things happen. And I feel like BC's hit a whole bunch of these shots. But Prince Aligbe, you know, who just came back a couple of weeks ago, goes out there and he hits a three pointer at the buzzer to bring the game within five. Still. Again, the spreads nine and a half. It's right around where you expect them to be, but they go into halftime. They come out and they go on a run, and they they put Virginia Tech in their place. Good, they were hitting shots. Mackay Ashton Langford, he looked like the 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 floor general that you want out there. They he's he's hitting shots. <coughs> Excuse me. He's, he's, he's being aggressive. He's, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. He gets 21 points in this game, but the big name, the name that every Boston college fan needs to remember now is forward slash center, Devin McLaughlin. Now the sickos that are listening to this, they're, there are, they're already crowing at me. AJ, we've already heard of this guy. We know about him. Big Glock is the big guy that we've been in love with all season long. But I think today was his game where he turned on, he, he opened eyes on a bigger stage because you're playing a ranked team. You're playing a team that is the ACC champions and you go out there and McLaughlin Virginia tech had no answer to, you know, you got Justin mutts out there. Who's a very good player and he's getting out physical by, by McLaughlin and there's breakdowns and he's taking advantage of it. He's flushing shots and he's doing everything you need to do. He is that old school BC player. Al Skinner would have loved Devin McLaughlin because this guy can do a ton of things for you. He's hitting big shots, but the game, so BC jumps out to, uh, I believe it was a nine point lead at one point They're They're really, you know, stepping on Virginia Tech's throat is four minutes left in this game. And you're thinking, okay, this is it. BC has this game in control, but, You'd be foolish because if you don't, you know, you got to remember this is still Boston college basketball that, that lead dwindles very quickly to BC now down uh, by two after um, Virginia tech gets a, 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 a two point play 49 seconds left in this game. Like you're now in the mode where you have to hit a shot to tie it. And I don't know. I'm so skeptical about this team and their offense that every time they pick up the ball to do something, I'm expecting the ball to go off someone's leg. They're gonna take a bad shot. I mean, there were a lot of bad shots in this game. They shot 41%, so it's not terrible, but there there were some really bad shots at different points. But BC's down, Makai Ashton Langford hits a difficult three point uh free th- uh, sorry, layup to give BC uh back into this game and tie it up. Virginia Tech has a chance with seconds remaining to take the lead and they got two good shots. One of them get to give credit to CJ Penna for making some really good defense and not following him. But that second shot on the offensive rebound, I I think everyone was holding their breath on that one. So the game goes to overtime and BC, they, they uh, credit to the Eagles. They look good. And the, the, the hero of overtime there were some big shots out there. Makai Ashton-Langford was obviously the big hero. He had a three-pointer from Newton uh, that that really put the game on ice. But the big play, to me, was DeMar Langford, a guy who has been getting a lot of slack, and rightfully so. He hasn't played all that well this year. They foul him when BC has a lead, and he has to hit free throws. He's hit 58% of his free throws this year. It's terrible for a guard he drains both of them. He iced that game. That was huge for a kid that has had nothing go right for him this year. That you know there's been cries that he needs to see the bench that he isn't the player that he needs to be. He goes out there and yeah, he's he's not had a great game. He hits two humongous free throws for Boston College, sealing the win and giving BC their first Ranked win, and I believe three years. This was enormous. This wipes clean. What well, doesn't wipe clean, but it at least gets the stench off of this season because now you have you're now one and one in the ACC. That's all you need to do. You need to look at every game one to one, and they win a big one. Now they get Syracuse next, who's a two. Jim Jim Beheim in that zone is going to be really fun with this deep with this offense, but. John Mita Perel kind of hinted at it. You Might also be getting Quentin Post back, which would be humongous for this team. So congratulations to BC basketball. This was a gritty win, and it's unfortunate for them. I mean, you can see it in the picture on our screen right now. The place was dead. (laughs) Maybe that was part of the reason they won. They played a Conti Morgan. You know, it seemed like more fans were there for Virginia Tech than BC. But maybe this win again will kind of help. Hope get people to forget about the UNHs and the mains and think about, okay, this team is starting to build some momentum again. Let's get behind them. We'll have to wait and see. Now, in a moment, we're going back to basketball, to football, excuse me, getting into National Signing Day. I know a lot of folks have a lot of thoughts about what's going to happen there. I'm going to get into some news that I alluded to the night before and talk about why, uh, what happened and get into all the in betweens of what BC could be expecting out of this new recruit. Now, I know about betonline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. They've got it all at betonline.net. Now, they had an interesting bet for this basketball game and i'm going to tell you it was a fun bet it was bc and virginia tech both teams will score neither not you can either bet that both teams will score 65 or above or below given that bc hasn't scored 60 points in god knows how long i was like okay i'm going to take the the no this is not going to happen and then freaking overtime happens and i lose the bet that's the fun of it that's what you can get on betonline.net sometimes you win sometimes you lose but it's also it's a lot of fun if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. Thank you all for listening. And if you are one of our, we've had in the last 24 hours 15 new subscribers to Locked On BC's YouTube channel. And I want to thank each and every one of you that added us uh, to your feeds because this is a big deal to us. We're getting closer and closer to a thousand, which means we can, you know, make money off our podcast. And, you know, I do this every single day and hey, every dime can help. So if you haven't done so already, what I would love for you to do is hit that subscribe button on Locked on BC right now. Do that. It takes 10 seconds. Hit the little bell too. If you want to get into the comment section and uh, join us as we talk BC sports throughout the winter and all through the year. Now, on yesterday's show, I alluded to BC having some news. And I couldn't go out with it because I had to wait for the kid to announce. Sometimes when you're in this position, you get news, but you can't go out there and tell it. And that's that's tough. So I had alluded that BC had flipped somebody. And I wanted to make sure the folks that were listening at home did not get their hopes up too high. because. I know folks were probably thinking, oh, is this a big-time recruit from a big-time program? And I knew it wasn't, and I didn't want you guys to think that. But I was like, it's still a solid player. Now, as you have listened to this, if you're not from this area, you listen to my voice, and sometimes you notice I get into Boston accents. Um, I am from the Boston area, and I've done a lot of you know, voice work and different things on stage and other things. I've ho- tried to mash it down a little bit, but it still comes out. But one thing I know as a Boston, um, uh, you know, a, a citizen of Massachusetts is how good Catholic Memorial is. Now this team has won, I think it's like some absurd amount of games in a row. I know they won two Division Two Super Bowls in a row, and they have become the go-to place for recruits in this con- in this state right now. Now BC has landed in the past, uh, well this year, Jaden Skeet, who we'll get into when we talk about Jeff Halfley. Uh, Dottrell Jones, and the, on the uh, yesterday, on Tuesday, excuse me, BC landed a third player from Catholic Memorial, and that is Max Tucker. Now, if you've read anything about Catholic Memorial, Max Tucker is a name that probably sticks out to you. He was a big player on that team. He was scoring touchdowns. He's a big defender on that team. He's a 6'1 cornerback. Uh, he fits the need, especially since e- C.J. Burton has just left Boston College <coughs> to enter the transfer portal. And yeah, he was committed to Akron. So he's not the, the most exciting transfer, you're, I mean, um, flip you're going to get. But if you remember a couple of weeks ago, if you were on social media, I think it was Kevin Stone posted, he's of rivals. He put up a picture of, of Jeff Halfley at the Super Bowl at Foxborough watching Catholic Memorial play. And I think it was King Philip. And he got to watch firsthand what this kid could do. And he he saw and he evaluated and went out there and he got this kid. Ma, I mean, Max Tucker is is a solid player. And, you know, if you're going to go out there and get a player that maybe you're, you're like, okay, he, you know, he's not, the, he's not the top end like Sean Battle or, you know, Khalil Ali and some of these other defensive backs that they've added for this year. But he's more of the bottom of the half of, the, of your roster. If you're going to go out there and get someone from Catholic Memorial, all the power to you. That program has so many recruits coming up. You know, I I, I think of Gerby Lambert, who's going to end up at a, at a at a at a blue blood. So I know he has a BC offer, but he's going to end somewhere big. But they've had they've got a lot of talent on that program, and the more you can build that relationship, the more you can get top end talent in Massachusetts to come to BC. So this was a big win in that sense for BC. Maybe it's not. The sexiest win, but I, I I'm excited about this one, and I know Jeff Halfley was too. You know, he took his time, he did his evaluation, he went in there, and when you know, just like with BC, if like an you know an Alabama uh, head coach wanted to go out, you know, if Saban wanted to go grab somebody from BC, the BC is going to be helpless to stop it. Usually, it's going to be the same thing here with Akron and BC. Like if BC wants to go out there and grab a kid, especially a kid from Massachusetts, to not go to Akron, it's not going to be much of a challenge there. So. Good win, and it kind of wraps up a big Tuesday that we talked about where you added Kari Johnson from Arkansas and George Rooks from Michigan. So you added two transfers and a player. The player, you know, the recruit is your 17th of this class, and you now have, I think it's either four or five uh, transfers. So you're starting to see a lot of turnover on this team on t- in terms of that as well. C.J. Burton, who is one of your highest rated recruits, he leaves. So there was a lot of change. There's a lot of different thing- moving parts, which all ends up leading to National Signing Day, which came up t- on Wednesday. Jeff Halfley spoke with the press. We're going to get into this in a moment. Now, the news about the day itself was honestly kind of boring. But Jeff Halfley's press conference had a lot of nuggets that are worth talking about. You're going to want to hear what he had to say in just a moment. Locked on BCAJ Black. If you are not a subscriber to Eagle Insider, head over to Eagle Insider right now. We have a 50% off deal. You get all our insider information. You get access to me all the time as well. Um, I think you'll enjoy that. Now, as I was saying before the break, that on um, – On Wednesday was National Signing Day. Now, as I've I've joked about this, this it's like I think this is my third National Signing Day I've covered for Locked On BC, Um, and I've joked about this before. Like you get schools like Florida State, Miami. This day is like a big day where there's lots of like commitment ceremonies and players that you're watching to see who they commit to. But for schools like BC, Syracuse, Wake Forest, it was Syracuse has a big one that we're gonna watch for. They're gonna watch for. But most of those schools like us. This day is is kind of boring, <laughs> honestly. There's really not a lot to talk about. The only things that you look for on National sign Day is like either a surprise commitment, which you know happens once every three years, I feel like for BC, or a RD commitment. Like maybe like they you know when BC starts tweeting out all the all the uh, kids that have signed their letter of intention, you're like, oh, why is that kid not on there? You know, Jamal Hood of St. Francis Academy was one last year, and they, there's always at least one. This year, there was literally nothing. <laughs> it was like BC goes into this National Signing Day with 17 commitments on 247. You go and you can find 17 players. Max Tucker was the last one to, to, to announce. On Wednesday morning, you know, you start the day off and all the East Coast kids, so like 14 of the 17, signed like almost immediately. And then you're just waiting for Reed Harris and uh, Filahe Poa of Bishop Gorman to sign. They sign it's all over. That's it. Okay. So that, I mean, for, for me, it's like, that's, there's no news. There's no flips. There's no surprises. There's nothing. You don't even get to know about the transfers because they can't even sign yet. I don't know. I don't know the details of when they can and can't sign. Halfley brought it up in his press conference, but you're just waiting. There's nothing to talk about. And. Honestly, you know, I was talking to Mitch about it. They had their press conference after, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to bash the the press that cover because I, I do. I work for two four seven, so I talk about recruiting and I talk about it with you guys a lot. That's something I cover. The Herald and the Globe, they don't get into the nitty gritty. Dan Rubin of BC Eagles, that's not his jam, right? These guys, they they cover other things. But um, so when when they're when all those guys, the newspaper guys. And, and BC Eagles and, and P- and folks that don't cover recruiting. And I can't go. Cause I have my day job. They're going to this press conference. I'm like, they're not going to ask anything. They're going to ask stupid questions or questions. That I just don't care about. And to, to their credit, I thought there was some really interesting questions. Now for the, for the folks, the, the person who asked the question at, I, my eyes rolled so hard back in, in the back of my head that I was like, what? when they asked Jeff Affleck about building, how he built a fence around Massachusetts. I, I, I scoffed so loud when I heard that I almost choked uh, because BC BC had one of the top nine recruits in Massachusetts, two of the top 10, uh, not really a fence. And if there's a fence, there's huge holes in it that uh, Clemson and Georgia and Penn state and Notre Dame and all these other schools are just barging through. So, I, I kind of laughed at that, but Jeff Halfley then kind of went through and I thought there were some really interesting um, comments that he talked about. First of all, the big name that he brought up that we don't really talk about a lot on this podcast uh, was J- when he was talking about the state of Massachusetts was was Jaden Skeet. Jaden Skeet is again, we're talking about uh, Catholic Memorial is a wide receiver from Catholic Memorial. Jeff Halfley brought him up specifically as a kid that he has really high expectations from. Now Skeet was, I think like eighth or ninth in the, in the top 10 in Massachusetts. Halfley called him that he has the potential to grow into the number one. A, I don't know a little hyperbole there, because when you have Samson Okanlola, who is going to be a monster on the offensive line for Miami and Joel, Jonell Aguero, who is going to be a stud defensive back for, for Georgia, I, I I have a hard time believing that, but, but that being said, that being said, Jaden Stee, he could still become an excellent wide receiver and Halfley thinks big things about him. He's big. He's lengthy. He's fast. He, he talked a lot about him and kind of compared him to having the same kind of trajectory as Joe Griffin. Um, so that was one interesting thing. Um, the other thing I, I know a lot of folks, a lot of you out there have been asking me and tweeting me, about the early enrollees, and well, Jeff Halfley did an excellent job of telling us who the early enrollees are going to be. He gave us the names, and I'm pulling it up right now. Jo- Josiah Griffin, who's a defensive lineman, Joseph Griffin's younger brother, Carter Davis, a safety, KP Price is safety, Sean Battle, defensive back, Holden Simmons, a tight end, and Jacoby Robinson, the quarterback, are all going to enroll in January. That's a big group, and Halfley actually mentioned, and it was an interesting conversation to hear about how the gray shirting, the guys that are coming in early, it's become more of the norm than the exception because a lot of the kids and coaches want these kids in early so they can get to spring practice and be prepared to play because so many freshmen, you know, I think he had set, he said seven or eight true freshmen play this year. He wants to get them ready because you never know what's going to happen. Now, he doesn't force true freshmen to come in early, but he said he asked them. He he gets their honest opinion. He talks it out with them. So that's a big group. And that's not I got the sense, too. He kind of alluded to that's the ones he had in front of him. He might have missed somebody. and He apologizes. So there might be another name that is also enrolling early as well. Okay, That was interesting. He also talked about Christian Mahogany, you know, the offensive lineman coming back. I thought it was really interesting that he, he uh, you know, just like Pat Narduzzi who brought up the whole NIL thing, Halfley, I thought did a nice, a better job of talking about it and not sounding like a, a sourpuss like Narduzzi did. Um, You know, he mentioned that, you know, he, it, he would be naive to think that, Nar- um that Mahogany wasn't getting phone calls like Zay Flowers did last year, but it shows the kind of character that Mahogany is. Um, So, you know he gets he he he's gonna stay and get his education and and he's playing for his teammates. It was really kind of interesting to hear him talk about that. Uh, some of the other players he mentioned, he talked about Jacoby Robinson, the quarterback, and how big of an army has, and he's mobile and he's really excited about him. He talked about Reed Harris, who also really gets into the overall theme of this this um, class, which Halfley brought up, is they're big, lengthy, and physical. Um, and so Harris is six four two ten, And halfway mentioned that he's going to be, he, this is a kid from Montana is going to be coming in as a wide receiver. So you get a big six, four kid like that. That's interesting. I thought that was really, I always wonder where he's going to put him, but he also mentioned with Harris, that there's a potential that he's going to move him someplace else. He could put him at tight end or cornerback. He can play anywhere. Um, and then finally, He talked about the transfer portal. This is uh, the, he had comments about the transfer portal that I thought were really interesting. Uh, Kevin Stone asked a great question, asking him if he's changed his philosophy because Halfley has said over and over again, he doesn't want to live in the transfer portal. And Halfley responded. I thought, you know, with the right answer and what I kind of can see where he's going with it, which is he's not built. He's not living in the transfer portal. How, you know, he's building with the, the class of 17 that he has, the kids, the 17 kids that committed, And, you know, identifying needs that he has on his team that he needs older players to fill. And that's what he's getting in the transfer point. He's looking for guys that fit their culture, guys that are fitting uh, what they need to do. So it was an interesting conversation. It's 30 minutes. (laughs) If you have a, if you have a commute tomorrow, go and listen to it. I mean, there's some really good stuff by Halfley um, and kind of gives you a a better understanding of what he's going to, he's going through now, you know, as I said, some of his stuff I didn't agree with, like the stuff about Massachusetts, he's not killing it, in Massachusetts. He's struggling here. Um, but there were some other things that I thought gives you a, a, a glimpse, a better glimpse. And it's, it's not just, there's some cookie cutter stuff. There's with every coach's press conference, you're going to get the, the boilerplate stuff, but there's some other stuff too. The, I'm telling you, if you ever get a chance, I'm not going to talk about it now, but his comments on Phil Jakovic are classic. there's a really good, funny joke in there too. Um, talk about how he's gonna address Phil when he plays him next year. so check that out now tomorrow's show it is our final show before the holidays and I'm gonna get into uh you know what's gonna happen this you know with football maybe look at some more transfer news and anything else uh, in terms of recruiting that you're gonna to want to know about thank you all for listening to that subscribe button right now if you're listening and you're not a subscriber, you are missing out we're doing, all sorts of great things on our channel, and I love talking and hearing from you. Hit subscribe right now. It takes 10 seconds. Uh, thank you all for listening, and follow me on Twitter at ajblack_bc. BC. Take care.